Now, this Aliyah is a heavy one. It's one of the most famous stories of the Torah. We say it every morning in the introduction of Davening. We read it on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Actually, the last two Aliyot that we learned is what we read on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. But it's, it's the story of that Kedah, the binding of Isaac. Now, although Avram was constantly spending time and money preparing meals for his guests, he had not offered an actual sacrifice to Hashem since moving to Hebron at the beginning of his settling in Israel. So the story goes that the Satan, the accusing angel, denounced Avram for his apparent lack of piety. Hashem said, everything Avram does is for the sake of spreading the awareness of God, and the most critical element in this program to accomplish this goal is passing his mission to his son, and yet his devotion is so complete that were I asked him to sacrifice his son, he would not refuse. Meanwhile, Yishmael had repented somewhat of his evil ways and had moved back to live next to his father in Hebron. Nevertheless, he still claimed that he was the one worthy of succeeding the father. He boasted to Isaac that he had willingly submitted to the pain of circumcision at 13, to which Isaac responded, Don't try to win this argument by telling me about your willingness to suffer God's pain in one limb. If God were to order me to offer my whole body, I would not refuse. That's Rashi's introduction to the story of the Akeda. It was after all these words, all this conversation we just had, both God's to Satan and Isaac's to Ishmael, that in the year 2085, Hashem tested Avram in that way. He said to him, Avram, and who replied, Hineni, here I am. I'm here to do what you want. Please, Hashem says, pass this ultimate test so that no one will think your devotion to me is limited. Take your son, to which Avram answered, I have two sons. God said, I, meant you, I mean your only one. Avram says they are both only sons. Ishmael is the only son of Hagar, and Isaac is the only son of Sarah. Hashem says, I mean the one you love. Avram says, I love them both. And then Hashem says, Esitzchak, Isaac. Why did Hashem speak ambiguously? In order to give Avram to realize the weightiness of his words and not agree too hastily. And order to make the command more impressive and grant him reward for each expression he used. Hashem used. Hashem continued, take him and go away to the land of Moriah. Mount Moriah is the sign, the place of the future temple. From what's Moriah mean? The same word as Torah and Horah. It's the place from where teaching will go to the world. It will also be the focus of divine service. And there will be sacrifices there. And it will be a beautiful, beautiful space of sacrifice and connection. And this is the appropriate time. And this precedent will inspire future generations to follow my commands with devotion. Take him up and prepare him as an ola, as an ascent offering on one of the mountains which I will designate. Hashem didn't say sacrifice him, although that is what Avram thought he meant, because Hashem didn't actually intend for him to sacrifice. He just said bring him up to the mountain. Also, he did not tell him which mountain to perform it so that he would earn the reward of trusting God implicitly just as has been the case with his initial plan, if we remember from last week, when he had been commanded to go to the Holy Land. Avram did not hesitate for an instant, although this was quite puzzling and how it would fit into the, the bigger plan that he's supposed to teach the world how to believe in God, and now he's killing his son, who's supposed to be the future. 
In his eagerness to fulfill God's command, he got up early in the morning and out of extreme love from God saddled his own donkey rather than having a servant doing it. And even though actually nobody rode the donkey, it was only used to carry wood and tools. He took two young men, Eliezer and Yishmael, Eliezer his servant, Yishmael his older son, with him together with his son Isaac because a person of significant social stature should always be accompanied by at least two attendants, says Rashi. So if one of them needs to be excused to relieve themselves, the other is still there to attend. At this point, Avram only told Yitzchak that Hashem told him to offer a sacrifice to him, but he didn't say that he was the sacrifice. Avram chopped wood for the offering and rose and set out for the place that Hashem had told him. From Hebron to the land of Maria is not so far. Today you could do it on a bus in 20 minutes, half an hour. It's less than a day's journey by foot. But it was only on the third day of the journey that Avram raised his eyes and saw a cloud hovering over Mount Moriah and understood that he arrived at the place. Here again, Hashem did not show the place immediately in order that no one would be able to accuse him of having made for Avram to make a hasty decision. Avram said to the young men, stay here with the donkey while I and Isaac go to short distance over there. To himself, Avram says, when I get there, I will see how Hashem intends for me to fulfill my mission with Avon Harris' successor. He continued to Eliezer and Ishmael, we will bow down in prayer and then return to you. He, in using the fact that we will return to you, he kind of, by Freudian slip, unwittingly prophesied that he and Isaac would both return. Avram took the wood of the offering and placed it on his son Isaac. He took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked together with enthusiasm, even though that Avram knew what was about to happen and Yitzchak didn't. Yitzchak turns to his father Avram and says, My father, here I... And to which Avram says, Yes, I'm here. And Isaac says, The fire and the wood are here. Where's the lamb? Avram says, God will see a lamb for an ascent offering. And if not, then you, my son, will be the offering. Even though Isaac knew that he was the sacrifice, he did not question God. The two of them walked together with enthusiasm. When they came to the place that God told them, Avram built the altar, arranged the wood, bound Isaac, his son, tying his hands and feet behind him, and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Avram stretched out his hand and took the knife to slaughter its son. At that moment, the heavens opened. The angels saw this heart-rendering scene and cried. We're told that their tears fell into Isaac's eyes and actually impaired his vision. An angel of God then called from, from heaven and said affectionately, Avram, Avram, yes, here I am. Do not raise your hand against the young man to slaughter him. When he heard this, Avram thought he finally understood the contradictory statements. First, Hashem told him that Isaac would be the one to continue the legacy. Then he tells him to kill Isaac. When the angel instructs not to slaughter Isaac, Avram thought that God never really intended to kill him, but just to draw some blood. So Avram said to the angel, very well, I will only wound him. But to this, the angel said, no, do nothing to him. Hearing this, Avram thought he had failed the test and had been de- deemed unworthy of sacrificing God. So Hashem said to him through the angel, I never intended you to sacrifice or to take blood. It was a test. You have passed this test, and I know you fear God. Since you did not withhold your son, you're only one from me. And now I have a good response to the Satan. Avram was not content to simply pass the test. He also wanted Hashem to seal the blessings he earned with the force of an oath. And he knew that in order to make an oath, he needs a sacrifice. 
just as it was with the case of Noah after the flood, that that created the oath. Avram raised his eyes looking for an animal to sacrifice, and he sees a ram running towards him. This very ram had been designated to be offered in Isaac's stead since the beginning of creation. But the Satan, frustrated by the fact that Avram passed the test, caused the ram to become entangled by its horns in a thicket. Undaunted, Avram went, took the ram, and offered it instead of his son. In order to ensure that this offering would influence Hashem to seal the blessings, Avram asked God that the status of the sacrifice not be transferred from Isaac to the ram, but rather that the offering of the ram confer the status of sacrifice on Isaac. The ram was not to be Isaac's replacement, but his proxy. Before every act that he performed on the ram, slaughtering and flaying his skin, burning his, burning it, Avram said, May it be as if I had done this to my son. This gave Isaac the quasi-legal status of an Ola offering. The implications of this were to become clear later on in his life. In the fact that he stayed in the Holy Land and other areas. Hashem set aside one of the horns of the ram to blow when he would give the Torah on Mount Sinai. Avram named the site Hashem Yir'eh, God will see, meaning may God select this place as a site of the temple where his presence on earth will dwell and where he will manifest himself to his people. Since God indeed had already designated this mountain, it is set to this day on God's mountain it has he has he can be seen. Yira'eh. He further prayed, May Hashem see and remember the binding of Isaac and consider it an efficient atonement for the Jewish people to save him from punishments. And till today, it can be said in all generations that it's as if Isaac's ashes can be seen on the altar that Hashem built on God's mountain serving an atonement for the Jewish people. After the sacrifice, the angel of God calls to Avram from heaven a second time and says, God declared, I have accepted your request. We've made this oath by myself, I swear, because you did not, you did this and you did not withhold from me. I will bless you and I'll bless your son and greatly increase your offspring. They will be so numerous that you will not be able to count them just as it's impossible to count the stars of the sky and the grains and sand on the seashore and your descendants will take possessions of the enemy's territories. All the nations of the world would be blessed through your descendants because you heeded my voice. Avram returned to his young men, and together they sent, set out and went to Beersheba. Avram remained for a short time in Beersheba. Now Avram said to himself, if I had slaughtered Isaac, he would have died childless. It is time for me to marry him off. I will search for a wife from amongst the daughters of the conf- my confederates, Enor Eshkel Mamre. It was after these words... Of Avram, the Avram was told by God, there is no need to search for a wife amongst the daughters of your, you know, your friends. For just as you will have twelve great grandchildren who will be, the founders of the Jewish people, so too, Milka has given your brother Nachor eight sons, and grandchildren which make twelve. Uts, Buz, Kemuel, Keset, Chazor, Pildash, Yidla, Betuel. And Betuel had a daughter Rivka, and she's the one for Isaac's, to be Isaac's wife. Milka bore these eight sons to Nachor, Avram's brothers. And a concubine whose name was Reuma also had four children. 
Tevach Gacham Tachas Amachas. So this was twelve um, that his brother Nachor had. Even though Nachor wasn't a big believer, but it's still family, and Hashem preferred that the Shidduch comes from there. And after this, Avram gives up his search from local, and that's how we unpack next week's parsha. Please God.